Hello, welcome to today's episode of Juice the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy. And I am Corwin Heller. And welcome to the Thursday episode of the show. Look at that, folks. Two episodes in one week. We're back at it. Can't hold this podcast down for long. And by hold us down, I mean we took two vacations. Uh, <laughs> we are not being stopped. We are living in the lap of luxury in Montreal and South Carolina. Yeah, damn right, that. But anyway, highly recommend South Carolina. Highly recommend Montreal. Sold. All right. Well, anyway, uh, we talked baseball last episode, which means we have to talk NFL this episode in part because the NFL draft is this weekend. And because of our schedules uh, being wacky, we kind of just forgot about it. So what we're going to do for this one with a combination of the um, impromptu nature of the episode, since we forgot, and it sounds like fun, we're going to, instead of going over a pre-prepared mock draft as we have in years past, we're going to live mock draft a little bit and try to uh, dialogue a little bit about the teams and the picks as we go through it and force ourselves to think on the fly a little bit more uh, instead of having quite the normal polished mock draft, just like the real guys. We're real GMs, essentially. I could run a football team. Uh, only difference is they've been working on this for literal months, and we are going in with essentially zero prep. However, we can do a post-mortem after the actual draft and see if we drafted any one team better than the team drafted themselves. And if that's the case, I think we should get a franchise. I approve. I approve. All right. Then Corwin Heller. Yes. Are you ready to begin? I am ready to begin. Press start draft. All right, so the first... Oh, I hit trade. What did I do? Okay. <laughs> We're good. We're good. We're good. Literally Off the bat, Corn has already hit... After claiming we could run an organization, Corn has already hit a wrong button while trying to mock draft the first pick of the mock draft. Excellent. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so pick number one belongs to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Corwin, who do you who do you have here? Um, just to preface, um, we are celebrating 420 today, so I'm going to fully approve this uh, board getting just absolutely wild. Let's just have fun with it. Let's do what we want to do, make the picks we want to make, and try not to fuck over very specific franchises for being dumb and or teams we don't like. Of course. Let's do it. Um, Jaguars. The Urban Meyer saga is over. Uh, the Trent Balky saga is still continuing. Uh, I think after the craziness that was um, the last, I don't know, 12 months, um, I think they're fully going for just the most stable pick they can make. I, I, I don't see them getting crazy with anything whatsoever. Um, I think they take the safe first overall pick, Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. I was going to say the same thing. He's, he seems to be a very highly touted prospect at one. It's hard to go wrong. 
Um, mm-hmm. And with a team that has a complete dearth of talent, it's also hard to go wrong. So uh, if anything, just take your main positions. Don't try to build like low down. Like they don't need a safety right now. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they need impact positions. Uh, they can then build around. So yeah, Aiden Hutchinson off the board. Pick numero uno. Uh, all right. So then that brings us to the Detroit Tigers. They nope. Detroit Lions. Wrong sport. <laughs> uh, they finished the season thir- three, 13 and one. It's a win percent of two oh six. Uh, Corwin, who would you give to our boys in blue? The Lions have my heart. They're going through a rebuild. There's no doubt about that. Um, I don't think anyone is assuming that Jared Goff is the future of this team. They have a coach for the future. (laughs) They've got some skill position players and some, you know, I don't want to say key players because it's, it's short. It's a short list. I'll say that. Um, But they do have guys that they can build around. They have a young core. I don't think they're expecting to be much better next year. And if they are going to make a change or quarterback, that is far and away the way to do it. Um, so I think they go Kayvon Thibodeau. Take this number two edge guy in this class. I think it's going to be a nice piece to build that defense around. And I think that they can grab a quarterback next year at much better value. Yeah, they're in an interesting position right now. The Lions, they have, believe it or not, the sixth most money against the cap this season so far. A shocking amount of money. A lot of it also belongs to our boy Jared Goff um, and his $31.15 million cap hit this season. It's just a ludicrous amount. So they're not in a position. They're like uh, probably maybe a year or two behind the Jaguars, which for all intents and purposes, for for our sake anyway, puts them in the same position as the Jaguars. Again, safe picks that you can build around for the future, not trying to build out their depth right now, trying to create a splash, a trickle of depth. Um, And to that effect, again, edge, always a position of need for every team. Kayvon Thibodeau certainly filling that gap. So I am with you. Uh, That then brings us to our... um, Fucking Houston. I want to say Astros so bad. Texans. Um, since I'm looking at cap space, Houston Texans so far this season have the 23rd least, uh, 23rd most, 23rd most, I guess. Yeah, 23rd most committed to the cap thus far, 208 million, which means that there's only nine or 10 teams below them uh, with less money committed to the cap right now. Uh, Corwin, who do you have for our boys that finished four and 13 last season? Uh, the problem with the Texans is I have just the one problem, lim- huh? <laughs> just the one, just about one really tiny itsy bitsy problem um, of which there was only one um, is I don't know if I trust their front office to do what I think they would do or to you don't trust the Texans front office. <laughs> There's yeah, so a much truly, truly shocking and from, bold predictions coming out of this mock draft. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think with how much they coveted getting a premier left tackle in Laramie Tunsil and also seemingly 
looking to trade away Laramie Tunsil. Um, I wouldn't be utterly shocked to grab one of these top offensive tackles. Um, I think they're going to roll the dice with Davis Mills. I don't think they're going to jump on a quarterback when there really isn't one to jump on. Uh, I'd love to see a guy like Ahmad Gardner go at pick number three. Um, I think he definitely could, but I... I'm going to go with uh, Ikem Ekwonu. Offensive tackle. I think they stick with the short short history of the past. Fucking idioms, man. Can't get them. Uh, I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, I definitely... I'm, I'm with you on being on the offensive side of the ball here as well. Um, they're going to need a quarterback, which is one of the things that maybe separates them a little bit from the Jaguars case and the Lions case, in which the Jaguars have their potential quarterback of the future, uh, which theoretically should elevate their game so that they can look at the defensive side of the ball. And it's like the Lions aren't even there yet because they don't know where they're going to be a quarterback. Whereas the the Texans know that the offense is going to be something that needs to be addressed probably pretty soon. So having the ability to either protect a young quarterback or Davis Mills in this instance, should they choose to stick with him in the medium term, obviously important. Or the only other thing I was going to say is maybe they go wide receiver to uh, help out with their off offensive situation right now. But yeah, I'm with you. I do see them going skill position guy like wide receiver, especially with how deep this draft draft is. I think the pick they just traded for at 13 uh, will be in a much, I want to say safer range for them to grab a guy there. I, I know what you mean. All right. That brings us to everyone's favorite as uh, the, the most popular team in the universe. They speak only of this team on such places as uh, Mars and Pluto. It is a global and intergalactic phenomenon. Uh, we all bleed green, the J E T E jets, jets, jets. Uh, our boys in green finished four and 13 last season. <laughs> Uh, and currently have the ninth most money committed to the cap heading into this year with 80 players currently signed to the roster, uh, $220 million committed. Corwin, what do you see our, our uh, gangrene doing here? Uh, I think it for if they see a guy like Evan Neal there who will complete a dominating run blocking just monster bookends of offensive tackles. Um, I think they take Evan Neal. Um, again, Trayvon Walker's right there. I know you would love for the Jets to have some dominating pass rush. Uh, Ahmad Gardner's there. I think you would love to have a Darrell Revis type cornerback there again. Um, what are your thoughts? What, would, what do you want to see them take position-wise, player-wise, hope-wise? Uh, offensive tackle feels like it can never be a wrong pick really anywhere unless the, the talent is completely gone. I mean, position specifically. Edges is a little bit tough to, to judge because we were missing fucking what's his face we got from Cincinnati. I always forget this dude's fucking name uh, that got hurt. Uh, Carl started. Lawson. Thank you, Carl Lawson. Granted, again, always a position that you that can be reinforced. I would like to also actually say wide receiver for the Jets because our skill position group sucks, but because the Jets have that pick at 10, like you had just said with the uh, Texans, 
they could probably hold off a few picks and get a higher value pick here. So, uh, cornerback always a position need two. Uh, so I'm probably somewhere caught very tensely between saying a mod Gardner or, um, Oh, who's the other, who's the offensive tackle you just named? Um, Evan Neal. Evan Neal. I'd probably be somewhere between yeah. Evan Neal and Ahmad Gardner. Uh, pick one for me. Uh, I'll go Evan Neal. Um, I think the Jets really want Zach Wilson to work out, and I think they are willing to go heavy with investing on the offensive side of the ball, even with, um, oh, God, what's their new coach's name? Oh. Um, the Jets. Yeah, uh, fucking Robert Sala. Robert Sala, thank you. Bobby Sales. Um, <laughs> Bobby Sales. Um, he's a defensive coach. We know that. I think he may feel comfortable saying, hey, let's go all in on Zach Wilson. I got the defense. I'll take care of it. I can trust my own system, trust my guys. Um, let's get the franchise quarterback. I'm with you. All right, so that then brings us to the – other New York team <laughs> that nobody cares about. The reason the New York Giants, who finished the season with a paltry four and thirteen, <laughs> just embarrassing four and thirteen, a way worse four and thirteen than the Jets. Uh, the Giants, so far heading into the year, have the seventeenth most money committed to the cap so far, two hundred thirteen point five million dollars. Uh, Corwin Heller, who do you foresee them taking? Uh, this is a fun pick because it's bookending Carolinas. They have pick five, pick seven, Carolina picking right between them. So I think their pick at this point with the board that they have is about who would Carolina possibly want that we would want. And we're going to make sure we pick the the Carolinas more likely pick first. Um at this point, if I'm in the Giants room and I'm thinking, what's Carolina thinking? What's David Tepper thinking? Uh, Malik Willis is right there. They are fighting for their jobs and their livelihoods in Carolina. Absolutely desperate for a quarterback. At the same time, Trayvon Walker's there. Ahmad Gardner's there. Which one of those could be the most enticing? Um, the Panthers have two young uh, defensive ends, pass rushers in uh, Gross Matos and Brian Burns. I could see Ahmad Gardner being the more enticing of the two. If you don't want to go offensive tackle, if you don't want to snack Kyle Hamilton, Walker and Gardner are far and away the two best values. I see them going Gardner first, but end, ending up taking both. All right, so you're saying who's the first pick for you then? Just to, to uh, Ahmad Gardner. Ahmad Gardner. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, the Giants have, I mean, I feel like we just talked about them the other day. Like nothing. They have like, like nothing really going for them at this point in time. Um, like Leonard Williams is their highest paid player. That's unfortunate. Kenny Galladay hasn't been everything that they would want him to be, whether that's Daniel Jones's fault or not. Who's to say Daniel Jones has been bad 
Saquon Barkley has never looked like rookie year version of him. Injuries, yeah, they happen, but mm. injuries or not, he's not the player that they needed him to be, so it doesn't really matter. Um, and everyone else is, is like, Andrew Thomas has sucked. Blake Martinez has been okay. Like, like there's, there's nothing here, so it's almost hard for them to pick wrong here. Um, this, these two picks... Honestly, I think if they try to figure out who Carolina is going to take, unless it would really fuck with their plan in some kind of way, shouldn't even be considered. They are BPA. Truly, their team is garbage. And I say this as a loving Jets. Oh, yeah. So, all right, I'm I'm with you. That then brings us to, as you said, the Carolina Panthers, who are uh, finished the season five and 12, slowly creeping up in the wind column over here. They head into 2022 with uh sorry 2020 yeah 2022 and i was right um with the wow second least amount of money committed to the cap so far uh 200 mil almost dead on so that's the second Nobody wants least. to go there man who the fuck do they have uh they've been rumored to being up for trading away uh what's his face christian mccaffrey mm-hmm. uh outside of that they're top Three paid players are Sam Darnold, mistake, um, Shaq Thompson, solid, Robbie Anderson, probably shouldn't be your third highest paid player. <laughs> no better way to describe Robbie Anderson. Like his skill set, funny guy. Holy shit, he should not be. Your I've met him. Paid Very player. nice man. Should not be your third highest paid player. No. Anyway, uh, yeah, so they are in a position to also have uh, a range of positions needing to be filled. Who would you assign to them here? Uh, I think everyone in that front office is fighting for their fucking lives, and they need to take, they need to go all in on the craps table. And boy, there's nothing you like to see less than somebody going all in on the craps table. Um, but I see him going Malik Willis. Absolutely electric ceiling, you know, Lamar Jackson level ceiling, um, but also a, a floor that's very much a pretty low floor. Um, basically, you hit, you're saved, you work there for as long as you can keep it going, you're safe, you miss, and there's no third chance. Yeah, I, we, we've seen quote unquote riskier picks really pay off recently at quarterback players that Corwin and I have written off based on, I guess, a more traditional view of uh, the translation of skill, the translation of previous competitive stage to NFL stage. You know, uh, we've gotten guys like Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson wrong. So uh, it goes to show, I think that not only can the old view of the transitive nature of these skills be maybe wrong, but also that NFL coaching can really mold depending on how the player takes to being reshaped in some kind of way or taking advantage of the skill set. So, yeah, that would make sense here. It'd be our first quarterback off the board, which in recent years, it feels as though only the sixth pick feels so far down to have our first quarterback taken. It feels like it is a fight at one or two, but all right, cool. Which brings us back to the Giants. We talked about already. Uh, so who did you have here for the second pick? Uh, Trayvon Walker's uh, uh, just 
exciting athletic prospect. Um, I think he's going to be highly coveted at the top of this draft. And I think if he's there for the Giants, they're going to take him and uh, not really think twice about running up there with their card. All right. Well, that then brings us to the hot Atlanta Falcons. Um, the Falcons finished last season seven and ten. They head into the 2022-2023 season with uh, I just had them shit Falcons. Where'd you goddamn go? Uh, seventh. Wow, that's so much higher than I thought. The seventh most money committed against the cap, two hundred twenty point eight million dollars. They are also going to be without their longtime quarterback, Matt Ryan, on the team as he has made his way out of the organization and into the arms of the Colts. I kind of forget now. I started that sentence and forgot where he went. Right? The Colts? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So they are certainly in flux as it stands right now. Corwin, who do you see the Falcons taking here? It's tough because they are in full-fledged rebuild mode now. Um, there's nobody here that jumps out as you jumps out at you as being uh, an absolute value. Um, their only quarterback of note is uh, Marcus Mariota, who you know never lived up to the hype. Hasn't been a starter since he left Tennessee three years ago. Um, he's definitely not a long-term option. I also don't know what's going to happen with Calvin Ridley, but he's still there. You have um, Cordell Patterson. I think you got to start picking away at finding your next quarterback. Um, Kenny Pickett's there. He's got a chance to be a guy. Um, honestly, I think you just you start throwing those darts now. If you don't have the guy, you don't have anyone, and you just need a lot of a lot of picks, a lot of options. So would you theoretically, I guess, because the Falcons aren't, it's not like they have really solid base everywhere else. And they're just trying to sneak a quarterback in there. Like we've been saying about the Colts for forever. Mm -hmm. um, so would it, if they don't have good faith in the quarterback classes here and, I'm not sure there is trade faith out. to be had. Oh, trade out or go with another mainstay position like offensive tackle or something premier on the defense, something that when a quarterback like it will probably make the team better, but mm -hmm. also you don't look at it and say, oh, now they'll be good. I think if you are in a position where you can trade out, and somebody does give you an offer, I would be more than happy to move out of the range where there's pressure for you to take a quarterback or at least the value of taking a guy like Kenny Pickett at eight and you take it and run. Um, I'd be much, much more comfortable doing that. If there was a guy that really jumped out as being a high-value, can't-miss prospect at an impact position where it fits exactly what they need, I would say, yeah, absolutely take them. You're going to be bad next year. You're going to be picking high. You're going to have a chance at a top quarterback next year when there's supposedly, like always, a couple of good ones there. Um, yeah, definitely. But 
not really a part of i don't really want to start getting into trading picks out or anything right like yeah that, we're so. not we if you're this is your first draft with us we never yeah. contemplate trades it's yeah. too messy uh it, it seemingly defeats the purpose from our perspective because we could sit here and come up mm-hmm. with trades all day fucking long that aren't going to happen yeah. uh this is an interesting spot for a trade as corwin just said only because the seahawks do have the next pick and depending on the seahawks view of the long-term play of drew lock they might have be in the market for a Kenny Pickett. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe if other teams view if other quarterback needy potential teams view the Seahawks as in for a Kenny Pickett or whoever the next highest quarterback on the draft board would be, then this spot with the Falcons might be a place for them to trade up to tough to say, we're not going to consider it for this purpose, but it might be in play. So, all right. Uh, anyway, I am with you. So we're going to give, but we're going to, in this instance, give Pickett to the Falcons, right? Yes. My board. Okay. All right. That brings us then to the Seahawks. Yes. The Seahawks finished yes, yes, yes. last year with a, I just lost it, seven and 10 record. The Seahawks are heading into next season with the 14th highest payroll committed against the cap 20 20 215.2 million dollars and they are also in a big shakeup in their quarterback department as russell wilson is no longer with the team having flown off to denver in exchange for the aforementioned drew lock so again a position with a lot of fluctuation corbin who do you see here for them um i think knowing seattle I, I can't say I'm you know a big Seattle fan. I know exactly what their intimate team needs are. I don't really know how their front office works outside of kind of their recent history. Um, and it's a little early for them to take a running back. So I see them really just trying to fill in some of the gaps that they have on that defense. Defensive focus team first. Offensively, they have guys there at skill positions that they've invested in and they want to succeed and I'm certain they're going to give um, plenty of reps to, and they've never really invested in offensive tackles uh, this early or ever early. And since they have Jamal Adams there, courtesy of your New York Jets, I don't see Kyle Hamilton being a play. Um, So I think this kind of just narrows them down to Jermaine Johnson, uh, pass rusher. Um, He's not... A super electric guy. Oh, fuck. I just pressed three buttons. Um, fuck me. I just drafted a bunch of people I didn't want to draft to teams I did not want to put them with. Oh, jeez. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Um, right. But regardless. We have, we have the backup board. I have the backup board. Yeah, I'm just going to start over and go quick. Um, I see them going defense. I see them going Jermaine Johnson. He's... Not the most electric prospect. I mean, he's what the number four edge rusher already taken in the top 10 so far. Um, but I think he's definitely going to be a guy that can fit them. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to stop talking. Yeah, I mean, the, the Legion of Boom is what made Seattle's last dynasty um, what it was. So it'd be a pretty fair starting point. Again, without an electric quarterback, really up for grabs here. It, it's tough to understand their offensive position enough to make any 
real get like, uh, you know, there's not a quarterback for them to take. They could invest in offensive skill positions if they wanted to, but it that depends on their view of Drew Locke. And with this being his first year in the system and what we know about Drew Locke being uh, Drew Locke, um, mm-hmm. investing in him right now might not be their best bet or at least their, their most long-term stable one. Instead, having trying to orchestrate a really solid defense that can help carry them in a few games here and there while Drew Locke tries to figure out whatever he can possibly manage to figure out, probably a little bit better for them this season. So Almost like I'm fit you. the mold of exactly how they built their last quote-unquote dynasty. Build a killer right. defense, have a really top wide receiver there, fuck the offensive line. They have a guy they think could be a running back and then grab a QB to be the last piece and carry him on a rookie contract when they can afford to pay big name guys on defense. Right. Because again, Russell Wilson, fourth round pick, wasn't supposed to necessarily be the guy that he became. Yeah, right. It was fourth round, wasn't he? I thought it was like three, but at that point, what's the fucking difference? I really had four in my head, but that doesn't mean anything. Corwin's thinking. He's Googling. Um, I'm Googling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 75th pick, 2012, round three. Yeah, yeah. All right, third round. I couldn't let you have it. I'm sorry. That's okay. Regardless, it's a day two pick. Um, yep. So, yeah, those guys. Anywho, that brings us back to the Jets. They have this pick by way of Seattle. So the Jets now, with their second pick in the top 10, our final pick of the top 10, um, we mentioned a bunch of their stuff already. Uh, they we already we have them having taken previously an offensive tackle. Where are you, Corwin, now with them? It's the New York Jets. If let me ask you this: How committed do you think the Jets would be to a guy like Chris Davis, and how high do you think his ceiling is? Chris Davis. The wide uh, receiver, first baseman. Oh, okay. <laughs> Are you no, he was like hurt all last year. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm genuinely just gauging if like the talk around that team is that he's going to be like your number one guy. I'm going to be honest. I, I don't even know who Corey Davis. About. Oh, Corey, Corey Davis. Davis. Oh, that's my. why. Oh, I should have so gotten that even, even with the mistake. Yeah. But I was, I couldn't get the picture of Orioles first baseman, Chris Davis out of my head. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to be the guy. I'm not really sure where he, because he was never the guy really anywhere. I wouldn't put too many eggs in that basket. And I don't think he's the premier dude who's going to ultimately be a reliable QB one for the team. Mm -hmm. You know, he's really just, at this point, he's just a guy who's going to draw some coverage. That I think that's the meanest but most blunt, honest way to put him. I I wouldn't feel comfortable with him being our wide receiver one day one. I would agree with that. I don't, I don't think he's going to be your star wide receiver of the future. I don't see him being, you know, not even the future. That, I don't want him to be our star wide receiver now, next year. Sure. Yeah. I really want to give them a wide receiver. I know they have a guy like, um, oh, Elijah. Elijah Moore. 
Elijah Moore? Who's no, Elijah, Elijah Wood, Wood, you know, from Lord of the Rings. Oh, God. Yeah. He's fucking Hobbit. <laughs> yeah, he, he's the guy. He dropped the ring into the lava in Mordor and then flew away on an eagle. Elijah Moore plays football for the New York Jetropolitans. Understood. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I want to give him a wide receiver. I'll leave it up to you, the, the Jets fan. Would you rather have uh, a do-it-all gadget guy like a Deontay Johnson for the Steelers, or would you rather have just a 6-5 wide receiver that can move um, but has some serious edge to him or serious size to him, I should say? Um, oh, I don't know. I don't know a good comparison off the top of my head, but would you rather have a guy that's 6-5 or can run around people? Six All right. Drake London out yeah. of USC. He's your guy. Especially with the, that that basketball background. Give me a man <laughs> that can jump 90 feet in the air. Hell I want yeah. a jump ball machine. That's your guy. I'm about it. Because really, I mean, having that much range uh, and with basketball, that much dynamic speed. Uh, I think is also really going to help out with Zach Wilson, giving him just big targets that he can overthrow a little bit and or, or put the ball high up in the air. And even though the coverage looks bad, know that a guy can get there. That guy's obviously that mm-hmm. skill is vital for any team, but without having the like pinpoint accuracy of guys like I hate to just use Hall of Famers, but like Rodgers or Brady, um, where they can make up for maybe having slightly less skilled wide receivers or, or less separation from their wide receivers, having guys who can create separation, whether it's from running or from jumping that I think both should count in their own way as separation. Um, it's only going to help a developing quarterback, which Zach Wilson ne- needs to work out for my fucking sanity. So yeah, I'm about, I'm about the London pick. Hell yeah. All right. So that brings us then. Uh, to Washington at number 11. They finished the season also at seven and 10 Washington mm-hmm. heads into this upcoming season with the uh, fuck. God damn it. I keep, there we go. Uh, 11th most money committed uh, against the cap so far, $217.7 million. Uh, they play in the worst division in football and aren't even good at it. Corwin, who do you think they're going to take? Um, man, it's tough at this point. I mean, they just have a lot of holes that honestly, I feel like they really should go after a QB, but they just traded for one. Um, so I think they'll help them out. I think they'll get some more help in that receiver room, uh, which is really just kind of one guy. Um, so I'm going to go a little outside and I'll go, I'll go Jamison Williams at 11 wide receiver. You said, that Washington traded for a quarterback. And I was like, who on earth did they trade for? I have no recollection of this. Oh yeah. And then I looked it up and, and it's Carson Wentz. And I was like, Oh my God, that's so bad. You know, what's funny is the second most cap, second largest cap hit for the um, commanders. I have to get used to saying that this season is going to be Landon Collins. Remember what a big Oof. deal it felt like when Landon Collins yeah. left the Giants to yeah. go to, to Washington. Everyone's like, all the Giants fans are like, fuck, damn, Pete has a Landon Collins jersey. Like He was such oh. a big deal 
with the Giants, goes to the Commanders, and I have I forgot he was there. I remember when they had Josh Norman and Landon Collins, and I thought that was going to be the best defensive backfield ever. I don't know oh if I actually God, thought yeah. that, but I know people did, and that was just that was a thing for a while. Remember, it, it's so funny as sports fans when we can like. I remember Josh Norman's one ridiculous season with Carolina, and we were all like, "This isn't going to hold up. He's going to get a stupid big contract and then never live up to it." And that that is exactly what happened. Not Carolina; exactly. it was with the Commanders. Um, oh, no, I don't remember what the order of operations. He was were. he was with. What was his really good season with Panthers? The Panthers. It was the Panthers. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I have to look it up. I, I don't up remember too. him at all. You said that name, and I realized I haven't thought about it. He played this season? No fucking way. He played 15 games for San Francisco. Damn, he's still he in He was with Buffalo league. last year? I don't remember any of this. I, I am 90% certain I remember Buffalo. Um, yeah, his defensive player of the year the voting was 2015 with with the Panthers, and Whoa. then Washington got him. And I'm sure they gave. I don't have his contract in front of me, but I'm sure they gave him a stupid big contract, just a dumb big. And and then, not only, yeah, moved on. Not only did he play in 15 games, he started in 14 and got an interception. And I yeah. still and for seven well, fumbles. Well, well, he was always good at that. He was good at knocking the ball loose. No, I, I know. First off, seven fumbles last season, forced fumbles, is more than he had gotten in the uh, one, two, three, four years prior combined. Really? Um, yeah. I think it was someone else. Yeah, regardless, I'm, I'm blown away. 66% completion percentage in line with his career, um, at Average, least since yeah. 2016. Um, a quarterback rating allowed of one ten. Jeez, that's not good. Nope. Oof. Josh Norman. Hope you got a nice contract, dude. He was He's on the Bills last too. season. I do not remember that at all. I I don't believe it. I remember being shocked by it, and I was like, "Whoa, Josh Norman's still playing, and it's for the Bills," and then completely forgot about it and tossed it from my memory. What do you think, or do you remember, Josh Norman's contract was with the Commanders? I just looked it up. I have. Uh, I'm gonna say it was for five years, seventy-five million dollars. On the nose, five years, seventy-five. Are you serious? Yeah. Fifty. Yeah, million, dude. Fifty million guaranteed. Then he signed. For five for 70 and I was like no Josh Norman seems like the kind of guy that needs, needs nice even numbers so Not then he got a, a one year deal last year with Buffalo a one year six million dollar deal with three million guaranteed and then he just played on a one year 1.5 million dollar contract with only 200,000 of it guaranteed yeah um, for real. I was going to say six million is still a lot for a number three receiver uh, or yeah, cornerback. Corner, yeah. Um, yeah. He's so he's a free agent now. I can't imagine he plays again this year, but who fucking knows? All right. Anyway, total tangent. We have so many more picks to get through. True. Uh, all right. So that means it brings us to the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings finished last season eight and nine. So just under 500 nowadays, eight wins. Uh, they 
are heading into the 22-23 season with the 15th most money committed against the cap so far, uh, $214 million. Corwin, who would you give to the Kirk Cousins-led Minnesota Vikings? Uh, I think they're probably one of the luckiest teams so far, um, having a guy like Kyle Hamilton fall to them. Uh, safety's their probably biggest hole on defense, biggest hole overall. Um, I think Kyle Hamilton has a chance to be a, you know, a top five pick if people view the positional value as worth it. Um, I just think this is, you know, an easy grab and don't look back kind of pick that will, uh, probably work out. What do I know? Cool. Yeah. Let's just keep pushing. So that then brings us back to the Houston Texans who received this pick from the Cleveland Browns sitting here at number 13 on the big board. Uh, the Texans we talked about already. We already have them um, with a pick early on. The offensive tackle, Ikem Ekwanu. Uh, Corwin, who would you have him take here at 13? Um, I think this is going to be a really fun dark horse pick that I could totally see a team like the Texans taking because, you know, fuck them. Uh, go a little crazy. Uh, I'm a big George Karloftis fan out of Purdue. I think they need some help on that defensive line. Uh, I think he's a guy that could come in and, and be a role player, role player right away and uh, really grow into his own. So uh, I'm a big fan of Karloftis. That is the most fucking Greek name in the world. And I went to go look up George Car 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 Karloftis, Karloftis to see if he was to see if he was Greek. And the first thing I saw was that his real first name is Yoros. And I was like, oh, Yoros yeah. <laughs> Karloftis, that motherfucker he, is from the islands of Greece. And he's yes, Polish. He, no, he is born in Athens. <laughs> oh, I love Straight it. Straight up born in Athens, Greece. And, you know, that's just no good because those Athens were a bunch of book nerd bitches. If he was from Sparta, whole different conversation. <laughs> Then he'd have the rock hard abs smacking on dudes. Weapon. But you know, no, nah, it's just a soft soy boy from Athens. <laughs> God. Uh, anyway, <laughs> those little Athens bitches. All right, George Yoros Kar- Karloftis. Uh, all right, so that brings us to the 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 kings of the AFC North, the Baltimore oh. Ravens. Uh, also here, eight and nine, the last under five hundred team that we're picking. Uh, well. With traits, that's not really true, but you know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. Last under 500 placement, I guess I should say. The Baltimore Ravens are heading into this season with the uh, 22nd most money committed against the cap, $208.6 million. They underperformed last year with their 89 record, but they certainly have shown to be significantly better than that when all cylinders are firing. So who would you have here to help bolster this team and get them back to their rightful spot on top of the division? So because we did no prep for this, um, you know, thinking about who I would want the Ravens to take and then immediately having to ask myself, this is the only team you truly care about beating every single year. If you lose to anyone, it's the NFL, your team loses games, you're not Tom Brady, you know, you drop games, it's fine. You can move on with your life. You don't have to hold on to them deeply unless it's against the Ravens. So which player could they draft that would 
utterly scare me the most about how they would be able to utilize them and absolutely devastate the Steelers. And that is without question, Jordan Davis. I mean, he is a monster. I think his ability to only play X number of snaps, X number of downs is very overblown. Um, you see a guy like Vitavea just absolutely disrupt offenses as essentially the same mold. And Jordan Davis is an even better athlete, even better size. Um, I think that is a, a juggernaut type player with the upside, genuine upside of like a poor man's Aaron Donald. I won't compare him to Aaron Donald. He is the exact opposite kind of player um, size-wise, but I think he just has incredible upside. I would be terrified of the Ravens with him. I didn't realize that the Ravens finished their season on a six-game losing streak. That sounds about right. Yeah. Well, Lamar Jackson got hurt, and they got fucked. I know, but still, it's wild to think that you're eight and three. You're one game away from being over 500. And based on how the NFC North finished the season, you're almost in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then you dropped six straight. I was just wild. All right. Anyway, uh, next up would have been Miami's pick. They traded it to the Philadelphia Eagles. So this is the Eagles pick. Uh, Miami finished the season nine and eight. So we're officially in winning territory, winning uh, record territory. Uh, but regardless, this goes to the Eagles. So the Philadelphia Eagles uh, are heading into this upcoming season with the second most money committed to the cap thus far, $230.7 million. Um, The Eagles in their own right also finished the season at nine and eight. Um, Not a tough division they play in, so they don't have to be great. Corwin, how would you bolster this Eagles team to make them uh, able to vie for that top spot. I feel like the p- players they need this year are the same that they've needed each of the past three seasons, um, wide receiver and cornerback. I think what it comes down to in this draft, there's a gluttony of wide receivers that they can take into the second round. There's not that many cornerbacks in the same boat. They also pick two picks later at 18. Um, so I think if Derek Stingley's on the board here, he looks healthy. He looks like he has his, um, his speed back. He looks disruptive. He was one of, if not the best player in college football, his freshman year. I think if you love that tape, I think he looks like a fantastic player. I think they'd love to have him at 15. So All right, Derek right Stingley. On. Let's keep trucking through here. We've got to the Eagles more in a second. Next would have been the Colts. They traded away their pick to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, so the Saints finished their season last year also at nine and eight. The Saints are heading into this upcoming season with um, the third least amount committed to the cap so far. A statement that boggled both Corwin and my minds uh, the other day when we mentioned that they have so much so little money committed comparatively to previous years, uh, $202.3 million so far. A team that, once again, as we've said many times so far, is in massive flux. They're going to be without their longtime head coach, Sean Payton, this season. The upcoming season, this will be another year removed from Drew Brees retiring. Um, 
a lot going on for this team. Uh, still has really solid talent. Alvin Kamara still there. Michael Thomas, Cameron Jordan, um, everyone's favorite Ryan Ramchick. Taysom mm-hmm. Hill, uh, he does it all. He doesn't do any of it well, but he does it all. Uh, and Jameis Winston is also back with the team. So, uh, Corwin, who would you take here to help out this Saints team? Um, I think they need to replace Michael Thomas. I know he's still there. I know they need a QB. I know they need some help on the offensive line now. But I think you also have to game your picks here. If you're moving up, if you're trading up to have two picks at 16 and 19, guess what? You can trade up for a QB. We're not doing trades. I imagine that's why they traded for two picks in the first round this year. Who knows? Um, Maybe they just think they're going to be a lot better next year than they are this year uh, and need the help now. Fuck if I know, but I think I see the Eagles there at 18. I want to jump ahead of them and grab a wide receiver. I think they take Garrett Wilson here. Okay. Uh, Yeah, the Eagles and Saints very much so in the same boat. They both pick after each other twice. It's very funny. Um, So we'll be getting back to the Saints in just a moment. But uh, a a brief intermission to talk about the Los Angeles Chargers. The uh, L.A. Chargers also finished the season, you guess it, folks, 9-8. and Uh, They are heading into the 2022 season with the 27th most, or another way of saying that, the sixth least amount of money committed to the cap so far, $205.2 million. They seemingly have a lot of really solid pieces on the team. Um, Justin Herbert has shown flashes of, of greatness. Joey Bosa, obviously um, a top end talent there for them. Khalil Mack is on the team, which I completely forgot about. Uh, and Keenan Allen is still there. Um so mm-hmm. whether it's coaching changes that need to happen or additional roster churn that needs to happen, how would you help bolster this team with this pick? Uh, we talk about it every year. They have a young guy in Justin Herbert. They need to protect him. They got a great fucking pick in Charles or Rashawn Slater last year. Um, I think they do it again. I think they protect him. They have weapons all over for him. They have a pretty good defense with some big time players. Uh, I think they go with a guy like Charles Cross, get a nice value at offensive tackle at 17, let another guy fall to him. Uh, and I, I think they protect their boy, Justin Herbert, future MVP. Probably. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I mean, the man threw for 5,000 yards last year. Um, that is one of the only reasons you were able to be competitive if you still were only able to put together nine wins in a 17 mm-hmm. game season. So, yeah, keeping that man on his feet uh, and out of the medical tent will certainly help mm. you uh, achieve some goals there. All right. So then that brings us back to the Eagles. So talked yeah. about them already. Uh, second pick of the night. We just had them pick earlier on Derek Stingley Jr., a cornerback at LSU. Who do you got for the second pick here at 18? Again, I think they still need some help at wide receiver. Jalen Rager just isn't the guy. Um Jameson, not Jameson Williams, uh, Devonta Smith, the other Alabama wide receiver, uh, looks great as a young guy. Um, I think if you do stick with Jalen Hurts and want to see what he has, see what you can build around him, I think you you do pick out of these talented crop of wide receivers. Grab yourself a Chris Olave and uh, be happy that you got one of the uh, Ohio State wide receivers. 
So that name was what again? Chris Chris Olave. Okay, got it. All right. I zoned out there for a second. All right. <laughs> okay. So that brings us then back again to the New Orleans Saints here at 19. Also, we just talked about them. They picked right after the Eagles uh, at pick 16, where they took where we have them taking Garrett Wilson, um, the wide receiver out of Ohio State. Corwin, who do you got there for the second pick of the night for the Saints? Um I'll be very honest. I just accidentally picked a quarterback for them. Um, I don't think I want to go quarterback with them. Um, I think I see a Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa there. Um, I think that if you rebuild that offensive line, put it back together a little bit, um, really just build around whoever, I guess you're going to end up having a quarterback. That's why I really do think, uh, they're going to be gunning for a quarterback this year. Uh, but regardless, uh, I have them going Trevor Penning for Northern Iowa. Again, I think that's fair. Offensive tackle, never a position that you can hurt yourself trying to um, take to, to try to improve that positional group. And yeah, eventually they'll need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And like we said with a few of the other teams, if you're not yet in a position to take a quarterback because the draft class isn't good or you're not just a quarterback away and you want to build elsewhere to start offensive tackle, always a good spot so that your mm-hmm. future quarterback will be protected. All right. That brings us to a team that uh, Corwin obviously knows intimately. That is mm-hmm. the Pittsburgh Steelers. They finished the season last year, nine, seven, and one squeaking barely into the playoffs, but a playoff team. Nonetheless, the Pittsburgh Steelers thus far, have the eighth most money committed to the cap heading into the season, $220.7 million. Uh, It's about to be a very different look for the team as they are going to be without big Ben Roethlisberger heading into the season. So Corwin, who would you take to help them through this transition? You know, this is definitely the team I know most. It's the team I know best. That is the proper English. Um, It's the team I know North. It's the team I know West. (laughs) It's the team I've definitely spent the most time thinking about who I'd want here. Um, quarterbacks in need. It's well known. They seem happy with Mitch Trubisky. I doubt they'd be happy long term with Mitch Trubisky, but Malik Willis is gone. Kenny Pickett is gone. I really don't see Desmond Ritter as a guy that they love. Jordan Davis is gone. Uh, Williams is gone. It's. Um, or sorry, Hamilton is gone. It's a point where I think you look at what this team needs and where there's still room to grow and also where you can find value. And I think the defensive line to plug up that run game to bolster the two elder statesmen at defensive end that you have. Um, I think you go Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia. I think you'd be very happy that you got him. And I think you just put faith in the Steelers front office to make really solid first round choices all over. Right on. Okay. That then brings us to um, uh, the Patriots. They finished 10 and seven. Fuck you. The new England Patriots had are heading into the season with the third most money against the cap so far, $224 million. Yeah. I don't fucking care. Who who do you have them taken? I'm going to be honest, just looking at the Patriots. I, I have no idea what they need. 
Like I, I have no idea what team weaknesses they have. I have no idea of what system they run or anything like that. I'm just looking at their team needs. They need a linebacker. They need an inside lineman and they need a wide receiver. Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson, but no fucking way because they suck at drafting wide receivers. So why would they take a good one? Because Nelson Aguilar is their highest paid wide receiver. No fucking way. Is that true? I'm looking at He's the third. Not only is he the highest paid wide receiver on the team, he's the third highest paid player on the team. Matt Judon receivers. Matt Judon's $16.5 million cap hit. Hunter Henry's $15 million cap hit. Nelson Aguilar, $14.8 million cap hit. Other wide receivers here Kendrick Bourne, uh, Devontae Parker, Jacoby and Myers, uh, Nikhil Harry, uh, Ty Montgomery. Really, Ty Montgomery? Okay. Um, Matthew Slater. Uh, that might be it. Chris. Christian Walk, Christian Wilkerson, and Trey Nixon. Those are all the. Well, those are all so gross. I take it back. They need to go wide receiver. And you know what? Give him Jahan Dotson. That guy's a fucking animal. I love him. I think he's going to be a superstar. Um. Hey, Mac Jones. Please be nice to the boy. Mac Jones sounds like such a stupid fucking made up name. Because it is a stupid made up name. What do you think his real first name is? Because it can't be Mac. Doug. Oh, Doug. it's not. Okay. Oh my God! Can I tell you this this comic book ass name? Yeah. Michael McCorkle Jones. <laughs> this man's middle name is McCorkle. M capital M lowercase C capital C O R K L E. Michael McCorkle Mac Jones. Michael McCorkle Jones. McCorkle. His fucking middle name is McCorkle. This is not a real person. This is a who framed Roger Rabbit character that got out. What the fuck? Michael McCorkle Jones. Michael, I cannot move past McCorkle. How is there not Conservatively, 30 think pieces from the Atlantic where they've done nothing but ask this man's parents. I need the oral history of the name McCorkle. Michael McCorkle Jones. What the fuck is that? How do you look a baby in the grill and call it McCorkle? How do you hand a doctor a birth certificate that you wrote McCorkle on. <laughs> McCorkle. It can't be. Oh my God, it can't be. I think we need to move on. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to be lost there on. forever. Hold on. Oh Hold no. On. Hold on. Jones played high school football at the Bulls coach under head coach Corky Rogers. So Corky Rogers was coaching a kid named McCorkle. So there was the Corky McCorkle connection for a few years in high school. 
what has happened to American journalism where this is not widespread knowledge? I know Corky Charles Buxton Corky Rogers the fourth. Damn. What the fuck? How do I hire an assassin? <laughs> McCorkle. Corky and McCorkle was a true high school combination. I, good luck. <laughs> I am flabbergasted. I am unraveled at the seams knowing that I had to watch a man with the name McCorkle fuck my team in the ass twice last year. That is devastating for me. How is Mac, which is universally not a great nickname. If your nickname is Mac, you have your parents are Irish assholes that made poor decisions. And that's a massive improvement over his actual middle name. I have no answer for you, bud. I don't. How did how does how does Corky look at Jones and not think to himself, that's a man whose nickname should be Corky? Like, how do you earn the nickname Corky coming off the name Richard Buxton? Jones should have been Corky. uh, Charles Buxton. I don't I don't know. Um, I'm furious. I blame it on drugs. Like I, uh, I am furious over this McCorkle situation. <laughs> Absolutely furious. Oh my god, McCorkle! I'm I'm gonna get you a a, a signed autograph from Wait, Mr. McCorkle. Hold on, hold on. I have an I have an article here called "Why Is Mac Jones Called McCorkle?" Explaining the explaining the origins of Alabama QB's unique middle name. All right, hold on. I I have to read this. I'm pausing the show. All right, so it's not exciting. McCorkle is just the the maiden name of his mother, which honestly I kind of figured it would be because it's a, it's a last name as a middle name. But let me tell you, mom, let it die. Let it, let it die. Honestly, straight up, either hyphenate the the last name, like commit to it, or just let it fucking die. McCorkle as a middle name, that's not a serious person. Judge McCorkle, Judge McCorkle Jones. That Senator sounds McCorkle like Jones, like something out of a either sequel to uh, Animal House or um, shit. What's that fucking movie? Uh, My cousin Vinny. Honestly, like I get wanting to carry on a family name, a good strong family name. McCorkle, not a name that should be carried on. Let that one die. Let's do it. Let them die. Some names. Guess what? Your goofy ass Welsh Irish last name. Put it on a tombstone and forget about it. It's existence. No one needs to to weave a tale of the proud and determined McCorkles. Your name sounds like a comic book character from a Pixar movie in 2003. (laughs) Jesus. Hey, Holly. Fuck you. Oh, anyway, uh, I'm a bad guy. All right, so we had the Patriots. Now, now, we, have, now we have the Green Bay Packers. Um, the Packers, by way of Vegas, um, the Packers finished the season 13 and four. Um, they are heading. You know, I still can't get McCorkle out of my head. Uh, they they are heading into the season with the 21st 
most money committed against the cap, $210.8 million. Uh, they obviously, once again, had a fantastic regular season led by a perennial MVP, Aaron Rodgers, only to then flounder in the playoffs. So, uh, Corwin, what do you got for them here to help them stop the bleeding in a certain manner of speaking? I think if they do not come out of this first round with a wide receiver, What's that, um, Ritter? <laughs> uh, I've already had that thought. Um, don't hurt me. I think Aaron Rodgers will fucking murder someone in that front office. Uh, the only one left after taking five so far and without allowing them to trade up is Traylon Burks, who by all means could be a very, very good wide receiver. I think he's kind of got the Nikhil Harry issues where if he doesn't overcome the lack of shown athleticism, uh, he could disappear into nothingness very quickly. Um, but hey, it's all that's left, so it's what you got to do. Yeah, I, I get it. It's a tough spot for them to be in without allowing any additional trading up. The Packers right now do have two first round picks. We'll also be talking about them again shortly at pick number 28. So they could package those two picks to try to move up if wide receivers start flying off the board. If anything, it's probably a pretty likely uh, eventuality given how much we kind of shrugged at where other teams might be. But again, without allowing ourselves to conduct trades for fear of making this overly complicated for ourselves. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you. All right, so that brings us to the 23rd pick in the draft, which will be held by the Arizona Cardinals. They finished the season 11-6, and six, and they were heading into the season with the 16th highest Amount of money committed against the cap, $213.6 million. Um, again, a really, really solid regular season from them. Faltered a little bit at the end, picked it back up, and then had an absolutely embarrassing playoff appearance for Kyler Murray. Uh, Corwin, how would you give to them in this position? Uh, I think they have a pretty sizable hole at cornerback. Patrick Peterson had left. None of the guys that they've taken relatively early the past couple of years have really stepped up to take over for them. Um, I think there's a guy here like Trent McDuffie from Washington who fits the bill for guys that they've drafted early in the past and I think would fit the team well. Um, so I think they go, honestly, essentially BPA and still getting a guy that fits them best. You kind of love a guy that fills your holes. So, all right. That brings us to the Dallas Cowboys, uh, who finished the Ugh. season 12 and five. Uh, the the boys head into the year with the 13th most money committed to the payroll or against the cap, uh, $216.7 million. They are in the strongest position in their division. It's, uh, their division is a shit show. They finished with a pretty comfortable, sizable three-game lead over the second-place Eagles. So they're really mm-hmm. just trying to uh, build on that and put as much gap in between one and two as they possibly can. Who do you have them taken here to help them do that? Uh, I think they have him going Dax Hill here. I think he fits the need uh, at safety. I don't think there's any edge rushers here that are really worth taking with that value. Um, I think it'd be a, be a little dynamic and uh, a serious player in that offense or that defense, I should say. Um, so I think it would be a good fit. Right on. Let's keep plowing. Through I got to I got to cut in here. 
Shohei Otani's playing tonight. He's pitched five innings, no hits, no walks, no errors. Perfect game. He also has 11 strikeouts on 59 pitches. And he just bunted for a single against the shift. What can this man not do? I'm still processing the 11 strikeouts on 59 pitches. That mathematically what is, is happening? almost impossible. <laughs> Let's, and you know what? This goes back to the point that we just made in the last episode about, about uh, Roki Sasaki. Japanese baseball is fucking legit, guys. Like, Japanese Unreal, baseball is really fucking legit. Like, Shohei Otani, everyone said he can't be that good. And he was doing this to the NPB. He's doing it better in MLB. Who's fucking leading the league in FWAR and also home runs? Oh, Seiya Suzuki, rookie from the fucking MPB. Japanese baseball is some serious shit, guys. God damn, I love, I love Shohei. I'm loving Sasaki. I'm loving Suzuki. I'm loving all these guys. This is great. All right. Well, we got we got to plow through here. We don't have too many yes. picks left. Six more. Twenty uh, fifth pick in the draft. The Buffalo Beals, the number one team in the AFC East, finished the season eleven and six. The Bills head into uh, this upcoming season with the twentieth most, so really very far down on the list for a high quality team uh, payroll against the cap two hundred twelve point three million dollars. Uh, yeah, they finished just barely above the Patriots. They're definitely looking to add some distance there in a competitive sense. Corwin, how do you think they can do it with what's left on the board? Uh, I don't think they're worried about the Patriots as much as they're worried about the Kansas City Chiefs the right Jets now. <laughs> uh, they have to find a way to stop big, bad guy that I will not name. Um, I think doing so is through the pass rush and doing so through a stifling secondary. Uh, there's really nobody here. I'd want to take to fill that role at edge. Plus they have some pretty good guys there already, but they had to replace the standout cornerback, Josh Norman last year and they struggled. So I think they go cornerback Andrew Booth, Jr. After this is, this is the great grandson of the guy that assassinated Lincoln, right? Correct. Yes. Right, 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 right. All right. So he'll also be looking to um, what team was this? That was the Bills. Uh, no, we don't have any yes. presidents. Um, uh, shooting some Patriots in the back of the head. There we go. Damn. Love it. Nailed it. That's, that's unbelievably good. I am so <laughs> proud of you. Oh, SNL, I'm right here. Give me a budget. Give me a chance. Uh, anyway, uh, all right. So then that brings <laughs> I hate myself so fucking much. That brings us to the other Bay team, the Tampa Bay team, um, the third Bay related team. There's three really. Oh, shit, I skipped one. Yeah, I, I skipped the 26 pick, the Tennessee Titans, uh, the Titans um, won their division last season. They finished 12 and five to do it. Uh, they. Oh, I just lost my train of thought. Sorry. Uh, they have so far against the cap. $222.2 million committed. That's fifth most in the NFL. 
heading into the season. Corwin, who do you have them taking in the half competitive, half flimsy AFC South? I think in that flimsy NFL South, they need to have a guy centering their defense. It depends with what happens with AJ Brown. If he is forced to move, maybe we see them grab a wide receiver. But for now, you have a athletic guy in Devin Lloyd, aggressive powerhouse of a defense. I think you take him there for a nice linebacker pick. Sorry, who? What was the name? Um, Devin Lloyd out of Devin Utah. Lloyd. Gotcha. Great. Okay, now that brings us to Tampa Bay, the third Bay team. Uh, they finished the season 13 and four off the back of another Brady MVP ish. No, he did win the MVP, right? No, Rogers did. Whatever. A big Brady campaign. Um, they are heading into the season, Tampa, uh, with the 19th most cap committed, 12, $212.5 million. This will probably go up some as they still only have 67 players committed. But whatever, um, who do you give here to help out this once again Brady led team? Well, they just had a all time, not all time great, but a very good guard retire. Um, Alex, Maff, uh, what, what is it? It's Alex Mack. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, regardless, they had a, a top-tier guard retire. They are able to re-sign Ryan Jensen at center. They have a pick between the top guard and the top center in the draft, both value picks here at 27. Uh, for them to pick at will, I think they go with arguably the better prospects and the better fit, Zion Johnson out of Boston College. All right. Okay. Yeah, I don't really care what they do. Fuck Tom Brady. All right, that brings us back to the Green Bay Packers, also won the division at 13-4, as we already mentioned. So given that they had just picked at 22, and we have them taking the wide receiver trail on Burks, who do you have them here taking at 28? I think that despite them needing to do everything they can to surround our big boy Aaron Rodgers with some serious talent, I think they also need to replace, uh, I want to say, Zaire Smith, Preston Smith, one of those uh, pass rushers along that defensive line. He needs to be replaced and needs to be replaced badly. Uh, So I have them going with a very fun prospect, Boy Mafe, out of Minnesota. Ed Rusher. Boy Mafe. Ah, gotcha. All right. Very cool. Okay. That then brings us to the 29th pick in the draft, originally belonging to San Francisco, instead belonging to Kansas City as they have back-to-back picks here at 29 and 30. The uh, Kansas City Chiefs finished the season at 12 and 5 last year. They head into this current season with the 18th most money committed against the cap, $212.8 million. so they have back-to-back picks. So here, Corbin, we can just knock them both out. Who do you have for them here at 29 and then 30? Um, it's tough. I think first they need to settle on a um, 
a wide receiver for them to pick up. I'm really torn between going to Sky Moore and going with um, what's his fucking name? I was just George Pickens. Jesus Christ. I have the memory of a goldfish. Um, I'll go George Pickens because I think he's more fun of a player, um, even though he doesn't quite fit um, the Tyree kill mold as much. And he is almost more of a Juju Smith-Schuster type player than he is uh, Tyree Kill. Regardless, fuck it, have two Jujus. That's just fun as can be. Um, For their second pick, I don't foresee them signing Tyron Matthew again. So I'll give them Lewis Sign out of Georgia. uh, Another really fun prospect that I think would bring similar skill sets to... uh, Tyron Matthew, Mayhew, Matthew. Goldfish is coming in hard, but George Pickens, Lewis Sign. All right, last two picks here. The Super Bowl loser, the Cincinnati Bengals, um, who won their division last year at 10 and 7. Um, they are heading into the upcoming season with uh, 29th most or in other words fourth least uh, amount of money committed against the cap so far 204.7 million dollars hoping to get back to the big game although the competition might look a little bit different this year who do you have them taking uh i think the only major hole that they have left uh to really fill um is cornerback right i mean like they have yeah, they could use some help bolstering the offensive line still. They could use some help at safety filling in that hole. I was going to say, I would say offensive some line help might at be tight end. because Joe Burrow is getting knocked on his ass. You know what? You make a very fair point. Oh, there's Kenyon Green, who's right here. There's Tyler Linderbaum, who's right here. They've gone with smaller offensive linemen in the past, and they've shown that they are okay with shorter arms along the line. So I'll go with the better overall prospect, Tyler Linderbaum, uh, won the Remington Trophy for the best interior lineman this year. Huge deal. Um, I think that would be a solid, solid grab for them. Perfect. Okay, then last pick of the draft, the 32nd, well, the first round anyway, 32nd pick of the draft, uh, just where we all expected them to pick as every Lions fan has wanted is the Detroit Lions. And it's exactly how the Lions wanted to get this pick, not by winning the Super Bowl, but by having their franchise quarterback go to a different team and win the Super Bowl with them in their his first mm-hmm. year there. Um, a dream come true for any fan, truly. Uh, the Lions finished 3-13-1 and one this past season. That's very, very bad. It's uh, incredibly bad bad it is the second worst record in the nfl uh so you might be saying um i just lost my train of thought there we go uh yeah so they picked uh second and here they are 30 picks later back at it again when they came up the first time uh we had them taking Kayvon thibodeau edge rusher out of oregon here they are again corin who do you have them taking this time around uh we've talked about them getting a quarterback they did I have them take uh no I didn't have them take Kenny Pickett. Uh I think this is where at the 32nd pick you actually would find some added value in taking a quarterback, being able to get that fifth year option, 
definitely, you know, late first round pick is not cementing that position for them down the road. Um, so I think if they grab a guy like Desmond Ritter, who's shown some tools, but not quite the whole package consistently, it could actually be some good value for them. All right. So just to run more fun to talk about than some random position player. Uh, of course. Well, I would think I would agree with your rationale here. This is also essentially what the Ravens did when they picked. Um, oh, my God. Why can't I think of his name all of a sudden? Lamar Jackson. Jesus Christ. Um, jumping back into the first round at the tail end of it to, to, to tr- jump up and, and, and uh, draft him late. So similar idea, I would think maybe a little bit different yeah. in the scouting department, of course, but and obviously not to compare the, the players themselves, just the rationale behind taking that pick, that type of player there. Anyway, uh, so the draft in its entirety, just going to truck through it real quick as a reminder. First overall pick is Aiden Hutchinson, edge out of Michigan, going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Detroit Lions, we have taken Kayvon Thibodeau, edge rusher out of Oregon. Then with the third pick, Houston Texans, Ikem Ikwanu, offensive tackle out of NC State. Jets at four, taking Evan Neal, offensive tackle out of Alabama. Pick number five, New York Giants taking Ahmad Gardner, cornerback out of Cincinnati. Pick number six, Carolina Panthers taking Malik Willis, quarterback out of Liberty. And then the Giants come back up again at seven, taking Trayvon Walker, edge rusher out of Georgia. The Atlanta Falcons at eight, taking Kenny Pickett, quarterback out of Pittsburgh. At nine, the Seattle Seahawks taking Jermaine Johnson, edge rusher out of Florida State. And then at 10, the Jets come back into the fold to take Drake London, wide receiver out of USC. 11th overall pick, Washington will take Jamison Williams, wide receiver out of Alabama. And Minnesota Vikings at 12, taking Kyle Hamilton, safety out of Notre Dame. 13th pick, Houston Texans taking George Yoros Karloftis at uh, edge rusher out of Purdue. 14, Baltimore Ravens taking Jordan Davis, interior defensive lineman out of Georgia. 15, Eagles taking Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback out of LSU. For the 16th pick, New Orleans Saints taking Garrett Wilson, wide receiver out of Ohio State. Los Angeles Chargers picking 17, taking Charles Cross, offensive tackle out of Mississippi State. Eagles uh, for the first time? No, second time. Taking Chris Olave at 18, wide receiver out of Ohio State. New Orleans Saints for the second time, taking Trevor Penning at 19, offensive tackle out of Northern Iowa. And to round out, uh, to start the 20s, the Pittsburgh Steelers taking Devontae Wyatt, out of in, uh, an inter, interior defensive lineman out of Georgia. 21, New England Patriots taking Jahan Dotson, wide receiver out of Penn State. 22, Green Bay Packers taking Traylon Burks, wide receiver out of Arkansas. 23, Arizona Cardinals, Trent McDuffie, cornerback out of Washington. Dallas Cowboys taking Daxon Hill, 24, safety out of Michigan. Buffalo Bills taking Andrew Booth Jr., cornerback out of Clemson at 25. At 26, the Tennessee Titans taking Devin Lloyd, linebacker out of Utah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking Zion Johnson at 27, interior offensive lineman out of Boston College, 28. Green Bay Packers taking Boye Mafe, edge rusher out of Minnesota. Kansas City Chiefs at 29, taking George Pickens, wide receiver out of Georgia. Kansas City Chiefs again at 30, taking Louis Cine, uh, safety out of Georgia. Two Georgia boys, back-to-back. 31, the Cincinnati Bengals taking Tyler Linderbaum uh, into your offensive lineman out of Iowa at 31. And at 32, rounding out the first round of the draft, Desmond Ritter, quarterback out of Cincinnati. Them's the boys. So if we get any of these right, another strikeout, it's just incredible. If we get any of these right, uh, it'd be a shock to the nation, especially after pick five, when trades might come into play. And if players fall off that we had going later, get taken earlier then it's going to be chaos, but it'll be fun to keep track of. So Monday we can kind of go through what actually happened and 
with the first round and, and see how close we got. But uh, the draft will be this weekend. So um, uh, I'm excited to see. Oh, shit. No, sorry. The draft is next weekend, um, the 28th. So it'll be exciting to see uh, how we do with that. We want to make sure that we got this out ahead of the draft so that we could um, obviously have a little bit of time to make sure, see how we did and, and get ourselves appropriately hyped up. I also thought it was this weekend. I absolutely thought it was this weekend. Um, anyway, that's the show. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at Juice and Pod. If you'd like to follow Corwin on Twitter, you can do so at Corwin Heller. If you'd like to follow myself on Twitter, you can do so at Joshua D. Tracy. If you'd like to send emails to the show, you can do so at Juice and the Numbers at gmail.com. And until Monday, y'all have a good one. Bye.